And welcome back to the Portugal podcast, The Mission, Wash Your Hands, part three. If you missed the first two episodes, I urge you to check those out before getting started with part three. I'm going to do something a little bit different musically with this episode. All the music will be coming from an album called Mossy God, which was released by a band called Mantissa in 1992. The football part of this podcast kicks off on a beautiful sunny Sunday in northern Portugal with a triple banger, a triple header, starting off with Penafiel against Sporting Covilhã in the second division, then heading down to Ferenc against Rio Ave, also in the Segunda Liga, and then heading down to Tondela for their match against Braga in the Primeira Liga. And then I will be continuing further south to Lisboa and then heading back up to Braga for their Europa League match against Sheriff. So sit back and enjoy. Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, Segunda Liga action, Penafiel against Sporting, Cobiliar. I don't know who thought this kickoff time was a good idea, but here we are. Penafiel, last in the top flight in the 2014-15 season when they came last. Cobiliar, they haven't been in the top flight for quite a while. Now, regulars in the 1950s, Bruno Cesar former sporting and figure winger is on the bench for Penafiel. Brian Teague, 20 year old Australian midfielder is on the bench for Covillar. Beautiful day here. Half-time in Penafiel, it's 1-1. It was Cobilla took the lead in just the fourth minute. Diogo Almeida threw to Rui Gomes, who was one-on-one with Carl Seco, and he produced a nice, calm finish. But then Penafiel really worked their way into the game. Both fullbacks, Luca on the left, Vitini on the right, were getting plenty of ball in the final third. The equaliser came from the right wing. Eddie Semedo, his cross came into the box on the edge of the six-yard box and top scorer Roberto on the spot with a simple finish from close range. Let's see if Penafiel can go on with the job here in the second half. (laughs) 67 minutes gone. Free kick for Cobliar, that means Rui Gomez is on the ball and he's delivered it into the danger area and it's central defender Heliton, who's had scored three goals this season, he's just headed that over the bar. It's all kicking off here. Cobliar just thought they had an overload, but the referee has called the play back for a foul. The Cobliar striker, Diogo Almeida, recently signed from Benfica, the 21-year-old. Completely lost his head, just running up to the referee and just abusing him. 
just begging for a yellow card, which was duly received. And Kovilya had almost gone ahead. Incredible. Right in front of me, Padea. Through ball to Samu. He looked like he was going to be able to get a shot away, but fair play to Kyle Seko, the Penafiel goalkeeper. He came off his line quick and just got to the ball in the nick of time. I thought for sure Samu was going to get to the ball first. It's just all happening. End-to-end -end action in the last few minutes here. Both sides want the three points. That's it, full-time. Penafiel, one. Sporting Covilla, one. Visitors took the lead in just the fourth minute. It was Rui Gomes who went through, one-on-one, -on -one, finished. And Penafiel worked their way into the game. Equalised in the 31st minute with top scorer Roberto converting. And really the best chance of the second half came about 10 minutes into the second period here. And it was Felij that forced a really good save from Leo. Frantic final 15 or 20 minutes here, but neither side able to take the lead. So I'm off. I got to head down to Ferenc, and there's not much time to spare. I'm cutting it a little bit fine, so I'll catch it on the other side. We are coming up to half time here at the Estadio Nacolino de Castro, which is located in Santa Maria da Feira. The home team here, Ferenc, hosting Rio Ave in the Segunda Liga. These teams separated by just one point on the table. You can see why. Been a very, very tight game here. The best chance fell to Rio Ave striker Aziz after Washington Santana lost possession. It looked like Aziz was going to score for sure, but the captain and centre-back Icaro Silva got back to make an absolutely crucial tackle. And the closest that Ferenc have come was just a few minutes ago, Samuel Tellez, who made a nice turn in the box and sorry shot deflected into the side netting. It's a tremendous atmosphere here. You've got the Fenence hardcore behind the goal on the northern side. Making plenty of noise and letting off plenty of blue smoke. Rio Alpha brought close to 100, I would say, supporters who are making plenty of noise. They had a bit of a back and forth going on before, which was great to hear and see. And why wouldn't Rio Alpha bring a lot of supporters here? Two o'clock kickoff. Not that far down the road from Villa de Conde. And what a beautiful day it is here again in Portugal. The sun is shining, blue sky. And this stadium, it holds about 5,500. And it's close to full. You would have to say it's over four, maybe four and a half. As the referee blows for half time. 64th minute here. A really tight match and both managers making their first moves. We're having Joka coming on for Rio Ave, replacing Zé Manuel. For Ferenc, we're having the striker, Steven Petkov. He's the top scorer and he has replaced Andre Rodriguez.
great chance of Ferenc, 69th minute. It's the right-back Diga who has released the substitute. Stephen Petkov, he did really well to beat Amaral down the right wing. Smashed the crossover low and hard. And Kevin Vargas couldn't quite sort his feet out in time. And he's fired wide. Starting to heat up now. 82nd minute, Ferenc uh, gone close again. Petkov has had something to do with it. The cross came in, he flicked it on. And Diga, the right back, was in the box. But he's fired it over the bar. And that's it, 0-0. A fair result, you would have to say. These teams are very evenly matched. Good to hear both sets of fans making plenty of noise throughout the match. I've just had an interesting chat with the Ferenc press officer, Ricardo Vasconcelos. It was really good to get his insight and some, uh, some detailed information. The fortunes of this club seem to have changed around seven years ago when they were uh, bought by a Nigerian businessman. Of course, they were in the top flight just a few years ago, relegated in 2018-19. I mean, they're really close to going back up. But what really changed this club in a big way was the sale of Peter Etebol to Stoke for around 7 million. They also sold goalkeeper Vanna to Porto for a couple of million. And he was saying with that 7 million they got for Etebol, they've really been able to upgrade their training complex here, spend a lot of money on that. What you notice with their team today was they had quite a lot of young players. There was three players starting the match uh, that came through the youth academy, one of them actually from Nigeria really seems to me that this club is determined to get back into that top flight but not only that to stay there this time they've gone up and down pretty much every time they've been up so they know that to be able to stay in the Premier Liga you need a better structure and you need to consistently bring young players through amazing that the, the sale of one player for a seven million which to most big clubs in Europe is really not that much but to a club like Ferenc it really was a game changer. So, really interesting insight. They've won some awards for marketing and communication. So, you know, all aspects of the club, they're really trying to be a professional outfit. And I've got a feeling that if they don't get promoted this season, it's not going to take long. And uh, they could become a regular fixture in the top flight in the, in the years to come. I need to really speak to a a supporter here so I'm sure I can find a bar somewhere around here so let me go for a little wander and uh, see if I can find someone to give me a bit of insight from a different perspective. Okay, I've managed to track down a Ferenc supporter and Samuel has been nice enough to give me his time. Samuel, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Now, you're from here, Santa Maria de Feira? Yeah, yeah, I live here. So you've been supporting this club your whole life? Whole life, just this, just Ferenc. And you've been coming to the stadium for a very long time, since you were a little boy, I guess? I think uh, my dad, uh, I think I am a baby. I remember five years old. Uh, yeah, five years old. So what are, your, what are your best memories of this club in following them for so long? Obviously you've had uh, a couple of years in the Primera Liga. Uh, what's your best memory supporting this club? What's the high point been? Uh, 
my my favorite game is against Turil when uh, the last game we need to not lose to not relegated from Premier League uh, and uh, we draw nil nil uh, it's incredible the whole stadium full I think uh, this stadium is a capacity to five five k it's 8k in this stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have imagine. You don't imagine the atmosphere in this stadium. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a lot of people, uh, a lot of emotion. Uh, it's incredible. Other game uh, when go to Shavs and Shavs and uh, we up, up uh, to first league. It's incredible. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. Now, Ferenc were in the Primera Liga not long ago, three years ago, three seasons ago. What was that like for you? How does, does it change when Ferenc are in the top flight? It doesn't happen that often in the history of the club. Um, do you, obviously, you come to all the home games, but were you going to a lot of away games also in that last season in the Primera Liga? <laughs> all, all games without uh, Island of Madeira. All games. All games. Portemans, I guess, when Ferenc Porto maybe were also. Portemans, yeah. uh, go with the. Uh, yeah, uh, Five hours, uh, five hours of bus <laughs> for each each side. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, and we go with hundreds of people. I think. One hundred. Uh, One hundred of people. So. And we are uh, relegated in this season in that in that game. So how did that feel? Relegation. I mean, was it was it? Did you feel it was coming, or was it at the end? I mean, it must have been. It must have been quite sad. Yeah, it's very sad, but. <laughs> We need to support this team uh, in yeah the same. Uh, it's very difficult when uh, we uh, we we know who in the next season we are down, but it's uh, our team and uh, we need to support them. Uh, they are sad too, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. That's it. So. I mean, you've been close to getting back to the Primera Liga, third, fifth, and now you're around that spot again. So, I mean, very close to going back up. What, what's your feeling about this season? Can you go back up this season? There must be, you must be confident you can do it. It's very difficult. Uh, in this season, we cut the, the, the budget a lot. We go, um, we go buy a lot of uh, players. They are uh, in the in divisions under under divisions uh, a lot of uh, under under uh, 23 and uh, this season the budget is low very low yeah. this this uh, championship is very difficult they are five teams to two places and one playoff it's uh, it's going to be two in in the last game the last game down to the down to the wire yeah now, I just talked to your, um, your press officer and he told me a bit of the history about the club. He told me about the Nigerian ownership, which came about about seven years ago. And something he wanted to talk about a lot was your selling Peter Eteba, one of your players, to Stoke for around $7 million. He was telling me that they invested a lot of that money in your training complex. And um, there's a big emphasis on young players. I noticed today you had, um, you had three players from the youth team in your starting lineup. Is that... Um, is that something you've noticed that's happened in recent years? More focus on young players, or has that always been 
part of the deal here in, in Ferenc? No, it's, uh, it's this season. This season, like we said, like I said, uh, we got the budget and uh, we need to um, we need to prove uh, your, our uh, yeah, our juniors and uh, and our uh, 23. Rafa from Benfica. He started here in Feira. And he sailed to Braga, and now he's in Benfica, yeah. one of the best players. And uh, we sell a million, I think. I don't have idea. I, I think I use a million. But Peter Etiobo is the best selling uh, from here. And uh, a team like this is very good. Seven million is uh, incredible. We sell Vanna, the goalkeeper, to Porto from one mil- uh, for one million. And I think is that the best sellings are they? I think it's amazing. It just goes to show that just one player, even for a, a sum of seven million, which to a lot of clubs obviously it's not that much, but for a club like Ferenc, seven million, it can transform the club. You know, the, the, they can do so much with that money and the investment. It can really be a game changer. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. In Portugal, uh, <laughs> what teams are selling from seven million? Yeah, Porto, Benfica, and Sporting, and Braga, maybe Vitória. After that, not. Not any team can sell for that many. Yeah. Peter Tib is a great player and we sell to England. It's certainly impressive. So, obviously, you've been around the block, Samuel, following uh, Ferenc all over the place. Are there many people in uh, Santa Maria, the Feder, that support other teams or would they just support Ferenc? No. Uh, other teams. Uh, maybe uh, Santa Maria, the Feder have uh, 150k of people. Maybe, maybe. Just 10k, maybe sports fans. All that is Benfica, Porto. Most, Sport. I guess Porto would be the main yeah. one because they're so close. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. Uh, if you came here just a game of Porto, Fadian Sport, 90% of the stadium is from Porto. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh, Porto or Benfica Sport. Yeah. It's just uh, ridiculous. It's uh, horrible. It's yeah. very bad. Very bad. Well, it's uh, nice to have your time, Samuel. I thank you for that. It's uh, nice to meet someone who's uh, dedicated to their club, especially not one of the, the big teams in Portugal. I mean, from what I, I, I gathered speaking to your press officer there, you know, the club is, is, is pretty close to getting back into the top flight, and I'm sure they're putting steps in place to try and stay there. I know you're a little bit maybe pessimistic overall, but um, I think there's enough reason to be positive. <laughs> it's my dream. Actually, it's my dream. Uh, we can up uh, to first league, but... Let's go, let's see. And you can go to Portimao again. <laughs> I, I go, it's Madeira, it's Madeira I go. You're going to go to Madeira this time? Yeah. Okay. Oh. This year, uh, this year I uh, have to, I buy the tickets to play in the, the hotel and uh, I go uh, for dance plays against Nacional, Nacional in uh, January and um, I go make the test of COVID and I'm I positive. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It's Jesus. terrible, oh, it's man. terrible. I feel, so, I feel for you, yeah. That's terrible. Well, there'll be another time, Samuel, yeah. I'm sure. In the next year, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe you can do uh, you know, Nacional and the, uh, and the Mediterranean at the, the same time. In the next time. season, yeah. I hope, I hope. I hope a lot. All right, mate, best of luck. Yeah, thanks, thanks. I've arrived in Tondela, and this is a 
million miles away from Porto and Lisboa countryside. I'm walking down to Estadio João Cardoso, first time here. They're hosting Braga, who have had a tough trip to Moldova in the Europa League. They lost that first leg, so this ain't going to be easy. I'm really looking forward to this one. What a great place this is to watch football. I feel like I could just reach out and touch Ricardo Horta. He's just right in front of me, and also Francisco Moura. I expected a few Braga supporters here, and they brought about a 80 Tondela supporters are occupying a corner of the stadium on the far side. And there's a bloke standing in front of the Tondela supporters. Looks like he's been coming here for a lot of years. And uh, holding on, he's standing down and holding onto the barrier. Something tells me he's been crushing the vineyard today. He probably makes his own around here. And uh, he's doing his best to rally <laughs> the supporters. Really good to see Ricardo Gomes again. Braga really, they've had half a chance with Andre Castro. He's shot from distance, miles away. Tondela so far organised. Half time. And it's nil-nil. Tondela actually put the ball in the back of the net and added time. It was Bebeto with a cross from the right wing here. And Ike Undabareña. He's offside. I'm really looking forward to seeing Rodrigo Gomes. He'll be over in front of me in the second half. I'm not sure how long he'll be on with Yuri Medeiros on the bench. But it's really good to see David Cardmore back in action. He's been out for almost a year with an ankle injury. He played a few games for the under-23 side to get his fitness back up and he started here in the middle of the defence with Diogo Leite on the left side and Paulo Oliveira has moved to the right side of that back three, which is a bit of a change considering for the last three or four games you've had that back three consisting of Vitor Torremena, Oliveira in the middle and Bruno Rodrigues on the right side. And Braga really need to step it up here it's always tough coming back from those long journeys in the Europa League. You have to give Tondela credit, they've played well and they look confident despite losing their last two matches, 3-1 against Benfica here and 1-0 at Estoril last time out. Second half just starting here and we've seen two switches from the visitors who's got Yuri Medeiros come onto the right wing, he hasn't replaced. Rodrigo Gomes though, he's gone on to the other side with left wing back. And we've got the young French midfielder, John Baptiste Gorby, 19 year old. He's come on in the holding midfield role for Al Muzerati. 55th minute and Carvalhal not happy at all. He's made two more changes. We've seen Jan Kotu. That's a straight swap for Fabiano at right back. And we've got Vitinha. He's moved up front. And Rodrigo Gomes has gone off. That means Medeiros out to the left wing. Oh, that's a goal. And who else? Ricardo Horta. It's Andre Castro with the cross. And Ricardo Horta's had a shot. 
been saved initially by Pedro Trigueira, but Ricardo Horta on hand to finish into the net. So a bit of a masterstroke there, really, you'd have to say from Carvalho just a couple of minutes after he makes those changes. Braga are in front. Time's running out for Tondela. We've got about 10 minutes to go here. A couple of calls have gone against them. And the supporters over there voicing their displeasure at the referee. We're going to have some more substitutions here. Tondela had a decent chance there. It was Dos Anjos down the left wing. He's got the ball into the box. A little bit of pinball action before Bosselli from a tight angle. He just smashed it way over the bar. Braga 1, Tondela 0. This is a tough game for Carlos Carvalho's side after that long trip to Moldova, but they got it done. There was really not many chances in the game. But once again, it's Ricardo Horta who pops up to win the game. Really good to see David Cardinal back in action as the Braga players make their way over to the supporters that made their way down for this game. Around 80, maybe 100 of them. I'll see Braga shortly in that return leg against Sheriff. See if they can overturn that 2-0 deficit. Uh, Carlos Cavallar has been kind enough to join me after that win in Tondela. This was always going to be a tough game. You had a long trip and Tondela are hard to beat here. You must be very happy. What are your thoughts after that performance? Well, I'm very, really very happy because, uh, as you know, we play in Moldavia in, on Thursday. Uh, long travel, we were sleeping at home and next day we travel again here to, to Tondela. To us, the most important today, tonight was win. This is the, the, the most important. And we achieved that, I'm very happy. And to, to win, we must fight a lot. Uh, we, we run a lot. Uh, in a technical part of the team was not the best, I know. Uh, but the players know also that to, tonight was very important to win. We play with a lot of young boys again. Uh, Gomes, uh, Rodrigo Gomes, uh, 18 years old. Uh, you know, Buta with 19. Um, Fabiano 19 also and Gorbi uh, Gorbi with 19 mm -hmm. um, so with a lot of Vitinha with 20 so with a lot of young boys and of course make me uh, very proud about, uh, about my team I'm really very happy David Carmo been out a very very long time how good is it to have him back? well he's a fantastic central back he's uh, one of the best uh, in the country um, he gave us uh, in defensive part he can give he are giving he can give a, a lot to us but in the offensive part is uh, is super is a super player is um, the way that he he give speed to the ball speed to our game uh, to find the players uh, near him far away uh, with long passes is it's fantastic and is a is someone that uh, is very w welcome. We need a player like, like him in our team and uh, we will upgrade the team with him. Just tell me quickly, it must be tough for any player to be out for a whole year. What do you do in that year to help him try and get back and regain that confidence to come back and, and get back on the pitch? Yeah, we did everything careful with him. Uh, one year injury more than one, one year. 
uh, first the medical department did a fantastic uh, work with him he started walk again because it was very hard to him to walk after walk he started running after running he started uh, doing some skills with the ball after he started training with us after training with us we put him to play in under 23 team because he's not uh, very competitive that league and uh, it was very important he played 60 minutes in one game next game he played 90 minutes uh, after this we felt that this is ready we put him to play in the B team he's more competitive he did very well was the best player of the game and after that moment we decided that he's ready and uh, we put him to play no worries okay good luck on Thursday I'll see you in Braga see you so okay. thank you very much so when you're next in managed to do a little bit of research about Tondela. I was curious why the mascot in the football stadium walks around with a crossbow and uh, after visiting the museum I know that the people here back in the day were very adept and skilled with the crossbow. It was something they were well known and famous for and uh, a quick look at Wikipedia also describes the name of Tondela actually goes back to a myth, or maybe it's not a myth, of a woman who lived up in the mountains here who used to sound her horn when the Moors were approaching and the Portuguese term for that sound got turned into Tondela. I'm about 15 kilometres east of Tondela. I've driven through some really, really beautiful scenery, hills, valleys, full of giant boulders, rocks. Just as far as the eye can see, eucalypt trees, the Portuguese imported a lot of these trees from Australia and also wattle the beautiful yellow flowers they're just abundant around here so it's really really pretty of course they love the eucalypt because of the speed that it grows but unfortunately the Portuguese have also found out the hard way that uh, when it burns it burns quickly and it spreads rapidly so a bit of a love-hate relationship with this Australian tree all they're really missing is some koalas. <laughs> you, could, you could be forgiving for thinking you're in Australia at times here. I'm at a place called Anta de Aquinha de Mora, which is a funerary chamber, a dolmen. There's quite a lot of them around here, especially a little bit north of here, around Vuzela. But this one is quite famous for what's inside, which is some paintings. And uh, I'm waiting for... A busload of tourists to uh, to rock up with a woman from the museum who has the key to uh, to let us inside. This place was discovered in 1990. Just incredible. I mean, as I mentioned, with that uh, the thermal baths in shaves, a lot of this stuff they've only just discovered recently, and they know a whole lot about it because the uh, the people that they buried in here, the important people in their communities. Five to six thousand years ago, were buried with a whole lot of items from their daily life: necklaces, pottery, bowls, and the like, and also some weapons, some spears, arrowheads type uh, type things. So they have a pretty good idea the way these people were living. I was reading some interesting 
information about dolmens around here. And one of the phrases I liked was they called them the first great monuments of humanity, which is a nice way to put it. They basically used huge stone slabs to create the chamber and then they covered it with those slabs and then they used a whole bunch of soil to create a huge mound. Rocks surrounding it like a perimeter. At the front here there's an area where they would have performed rituals, maybe sacrifices. And it's just so nice to be here by myself completely alone. There's no cars to be heard. All I can hear is birds surrounded by different birds and I can see some agricultural land, some vineyards. This area was very well known for the earliest forms of farming and even now in Tondela there's so many shops selling products to do with agriculture. So happy I can enjoy this place by myself to take it in and to stand here where they would have been standing thousands of years ago. My ancestors and not often you find these sorts of places where you can enjoy them completely by yourself without any sound of any other human being. Well, that was great to be able to get in there by myself and have some some time just to to take that all in. Unfortunately, yeah, they had some people here, you know, lit some fires, and those fires have meant that the uh, the paintings inside the the cave here have almost disappeared they roughly know what they were one of them is a big image an image of a person and, and underneath the arms some smaller people so there's a few clues into i guess their belief system and their and their their gods if you want to call them that i just had a really nice conversation with one of the tour guides and she's given me some information on other places around here as i mentioned up near Vuzela, i knew there's a lot more dolmens but she's actually said south of here there's a lot more dolmens and there's some with really, really fantastic uh, paintings that, that haven't been diminished. All around here, you can just go nuts on this, this type of history. It's just a matter of doing your research, figuring out where they are, contacting the museums before you get there to see if there's uh, difficulties with, with entry, if you need to, uh, to be accompanied by people with keys. It's well worth spending that bit of extra time doing your research and, and planning the trip really well. Yeah, you'll have a great time here if you're interested in that old, old history of Portugal. I've crossed the Targush and I'm in Lisboa. I'm in Seychelles on the south side of Lisboa at the Caixa football campus, the Benfica campus here, where Benfica's second team play in the Segunda Liga. They're hosting Ferenc today, who were, of course, in the Primera Liga last season. They haven't adjusted to life very well back in the second division. They're down in 14th spot. <laughs> And there we have it, 24 minutes in, Benfica, who are ahead. And it's Thiago Gouveia, the right winger, who's beaten a couple of players, really good footwork, got to the byline. And then he's cut it back to Henrique Pereira. 
There we go. Benfica B2, Farense uh, nil. I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that. That's the left back, Sandro Cruz, with the cross. Beautiful cross with his left foot. And Enrique Araujo. They've been trying to find him all game long with crosses, but haven't been able to pick him out. Well, they did then. There was nobody anywhere near him. And he had a pretty simple job to head the ball past Rafael defending. And there we have it, half-time, Benfica B2, Ferenc, nil. Oh, wow. Amazing. It's Fabinho, the right-back for Benfica B, and he's just beaten three players. He's gone on a run from the touchline. And he's beaten three players with some dazzling footwork. Unbelievable stuff. Looking like Ronaldo. And he had no thoughts of finding a teammate there. He's finished himself. Unbelievable goal. And this game's over. It's the 87th minute and it's still 3-0. I've just noticed that Benfica's central midfielder here, Cher Ndour, who's the tallest player on the pitch, really. He's taller than central defenders. He's 1.9 metres tall, and he's 17 years old. He turned 17 in July. He came over for, from the Atalanta youth setup there. He's been at Benfica since uh, 2020. He hasn't done a whole lot, really, to impress, but he's got a lot of time on his side, for sure. And he could be one to watch in the coming years, you would think. Just a massive individual. His mother must have made some pretty tasty ravioli. He was born in Brescia. That really just sums up the whole game. Robson with a header from point-blank range. Last piece of action from the game. And it's just straight at Silla. So, pretty comfortable victory, really. Ondrik Pereira and Ondrik Arujo scoring in the first half and then an absolute piece of filth from Fabinho. Make sure you get online and try and check out the replay. Unbelievable. Place called Alverca, which is just up the road from Lisboa. I guess a lot of people would consider this an outer suburb of Lisbon. And I'm here for another Liga 3 match in Group B this time. Alverca hosting Union de Leiria at the Complexo Desportivo FC Alverca. Leiria undefeated in their last 14 matches. They're top of the league. And Alverca, their third. They recently won seven straight before a 1-0 defeat at Caldas last time out. They've got a couple of pretty deadly strikers. Ricardo Rodriguez, 26-year-old Portuguese striker, scored 20 goals last season as Alverca won promotion back to the third division. And Jonathan Bastos, Brazilian, also has six goals this season alongside Ricardo Rodriguez and 10 goals last season. And for Union Lidia, it's really all about Gonzalo Gregorio, 13 goals this season, including seven in his last six. Not a massive crowd here, 
They've got some people wearing Sargadesh shirts. Looks like some sort of promotion going on. I actually drove past the Sargadesh factory on the way here. It's not far up the road where they make one of Portugal's more popular beers alongside Superbock. There's quite a few people above me, all connected with the clubs, obviously, uh, presidents and such. But I'm down a little bit in the lower tier here. <laughs> you should see it. It's interesting, the press area here, for sure. And happy to have a chance to watch this game in a new stadium. And we're about to have kickoff here in Alberta. Best chance of the game there. We're about 20 minutes in, and that's Alberca striker. Jonathan Bastos, the Brazilian, fight it over, just over the bar from close range. You'd have to say, you know, the Ladia started this game better, but now Alberca is starting to have some opportunities. Oh, I can smell the weed again. <laughs> it's a regular feature. Matches in Portugal. To the left of me, I've got the Alberca Ultras. Must be right on the stroke of half time. It was a great run from the uh, right winger from Alberca, Jefferson Nem. Driven to the byline, Alberca unable to get a shot away. Another close game here with two teams fighting for the title. I'm going to see if I can find an Alberca supporter, one of these ultras, to uh, have a chat. I feel like a bit. I feel a bit stoned here, actually, with all that weed getting uh, all the smoke <laughs> getting blown uh, in my direction. Interesting fact, actually, about Alberca is that it used to be the first international airport in Lisbon. It has a huge aviation history here. There's a a, a museum, an air museum, heaps of businesses connected with the aviation industry and aerospace. So, all the way up to 1942, anyone flying into Lisbon would have flown into Alverca, just down the road here. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> I just made my way into the heart of the ultras here. I've got to say, there's some scary-looking dudes in there. A whole lot of weed being smoked. Even just getting in amongst them there, it, it's just a bit of an eye-opener, really. We're about to get underway for the second half here in Alverca. The hosts have come out strong and it's Jonathan Bastos headed a corner just wide. Alberca have come out really strong here. It looks like Ricardo Rodriguez, the, he's been playing on the wing, but he scored 20 goals in the fourth division last season. Looks like he's just had enough of being stuck out on the left wing and being started the ball, so he's playing a lot more centrally. The right winger I mentioned before, Jefferson Nem. He's looked really good as well at the start of the second half as 
George Bernardo to deliver it. Oh, oh! The striker, Jonathan Bastos. I'm not 100% sure. No, it's the centre back. The captain, Ronaldo Rodriguez. He's lifted. <laughs> He's giving the deliver of the corner a big bear hug. Shiny. Really getting the crowd into the game. Great to see. Let's see if Union de Leria can get back into it. They got plenty of time. Still over half an hour to go here. having a look at Evandro Landau born in Luanda in Angola actually Manchester United paid 400 grand for him back in 2007 he had some spells in Braga Benfica played for Olienense Tondela back to Angola even had a little bit of time in Israel and now he finds himself 30 years old in Alberta. Great move from Alberta. It's the winger again on the right side, Jefferson Nem. He's released Pepo and his cross has found Ricardo Rodriguez and he's tried his effort from a very tight angle and he's actually gone across the face of goal. Just over five minutes to go, and Ledia really pushing hard now for an equaliser. They have had free kicks and corners. Looking quite dangerous. Ooh, as Ledia go close again. That's kick-ass with the cross. Very close to full time here. I'll just stay with it as the ball comes into the box again. Here we go, it's a cross from the left wing. He's gonna shoot. Oh, it's, ooh, ooh, oh, it's hit the bar. Here we go, oh! Well, there you go. The ball came in along the ground and it's been flicked up over the goalkeeper. It's hit the bar, gone back into play. And then fired wide, so inches away from finding an equaliser and had a time. And there it is. So well done to Adverka. They win 1-0. It was an easy goal. It was a corner. Headed home by the centre-back and the captain, Ronaldo Rodriguez. And that guarantees Adverka a place in the promotion stage, in the third division here, you only have to finish in the top four. 
So now Alberca guaranteed to finish in the top four. With two matches to go. Stadio Dalush, Benfica, hosting Ajax. Ajax have been to Lisbon in recent months, of course. Absolutely demolishing Sporting Club de Portugal. I don't know how they're going to stop Ajax, but there's about 40, 50,000 people here that are confident that they can. A little bit disappointing to be here without Tom Condon, who is at home at the moment. Giving himself a few uppercuts. Hopefully, he doesn't knock himself out. This should be a good game. Let's see what happens here at the Estadio de Luz. Here we go. And there it is, Ajax 1-0. It was Grimaldo lost possession. And it's the Anthony Masraoui combination. And you can see it coming a mile away. The cross has come into the far post where Dusan Tadic with a beautiful left-footed finish into the top corner. Grimaldo had already got himself into trouble, but this time he paid the price. And you can see what Ajax are trying to do. They're trying to double-team Benfica's fullbacks. And why wouldn't you? with a couple of shots blocked and then he's drilled the cross in and it's come straight off Sebastian Allaire into the back of the net so it's an own goal and Benfica back in the game oh. Oh. well that didn't last long and it's the man who scored the own goal Sebastian Allaire the, the, the cross is come in from I think Berghaus Sebastian Haller has produced a flick that Lashamidos managed to save but it fell straight back to Haller who has found the bottom corner what a great way to redeem yourself after scoring an own goal less than two or three minutes later he's got his team back into the lead. Pretty sloppy defending there from Jan Vertonghen. So both players involved in the Benfica equaliser have combined to see Ajax retake the lead here in Lisbon. Just under half an hour gone. It's all happening. Oh, 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 oh. That should have been 3-1. Edson Alvarez has got himself into the box and his shot has come across the goal. It's hit the post and came straight back to Sebastian Allaire, but he couldn't quite react in time. 
and he's fired it wide. And these are the sort of positions where Ajax look really dangerous when Benfica go on an attack and then they lose the ball. They are just uh, wide open with the likes of Tadic, Burkhaus and Anthony. So with the Eagles about to go into halftime 2-1 down, they're going to have to make an even bigger move in the attacking sense in the second half, which is going to leave them even more exposed. Nice piece of play for Benfica. Well, Everton started the move. Swan out to Grimaldo. And then Rafa with a nice little layoff. Everton with the shot. It was going wide. But it's taken a deflection off Yuri and Timber. Gone out for a corner. Grimaldo delivers it in. That's a bit too deep. Aimed for Matongan again. But they continue to look a bit suspect on set pieces, Ajax. It's all happening here. And it's that combination on the right-hand side again. Mazzarelli and Anthony. I mean, just double-teaming Granado straight past him. And then the cross comes in. Really, they've got to give Granado some help out there because they're just going to keep doing it. And suddenly it's the Gonzalo Ramos show in Lisboa. I mean, he's gone from basically doing nothing to having a shot deflected wide. Almost winning a penalty. And now... He's had a shot from outside the box that's gone over the bar. Looks like that taking off Everton has uh, given Ramos much more opportunities in the middle of the pitch. Rafa again. Almost a carbon copy of that last chance. This time he's got the ball to Yaremchuk. Who looked for sure like he was going to be able to get a shot away, but he couldn't do that. Just end to end. Again, it's Rafa Silva down the right wing. So much space for the winger. This time he's played it into Gonzalo Ramos. It looked like he made the wrong decision to shoot with Nunez out wide, but he's taken the shot on, forced a save from Pasvera, who got a hand on it. It's gone straight into the air. And then it's a substitute, Yeremchuk, who was first to react. And he's come in and headed it into the back of the net, which has sent the crowd into rapture here. They're literally bouncing in the, st in the stands here. Incredible atmosphere. Fantastic. second minute and it's anyone's game Benfica really using this home crowd showing a lot of energy, a lot of passion Tadapta's been pretty good in the centre of the pitch and you get a feeling that neither side are going to be happy with a draw here they're both going to push for a winner interesting that Ajax at 2-1 up showed absolutely no inclination to defend that lead they were pushing to score a third. And in doing so, they'd let themselves wide open. But 
I mean, to let Rafa Silva have so much space down that left edge of uh, the Ajax defence was really unforgivable. I mean, he'd already set that cross in that Ramos didn't get the end on the end of. He'd played in Yeremchuk, who couldn't connect with the ball. But then it was third time lucky with Ramos shot saved and Yeremchuk following up as looks like Tadap is going off. Paolo Bernardo coming on here, the youngster. You've got to give Benfica some credit, although if Halle had have taken that chance on the stroke of half time, it probably would have been a different story at 3-1. Then perhaps Ajax would have played a bit more conservatively, but at 2-1, they have an attack-minded philosophy, and this is a side that's not really built to defend the lead. A bit like Borussia Dortmund in previous years, that's uh, brought them unstuck. So you have to commend it in a way, but fair play to Benfica, they used the crowd to their advantage. Showed a lot of energy with Tarapt in the middle of the field. Everton, who I thought was looking dangerous when he came off and Nunez switched out to the left. That really opened up the middle, actually. And you saw Gonzalo Ramos, Yeremchuk, start to get some chances. And both of those players combined to make it 2-2. So, sets up the tie really nicely now for the second leg in Amsterdam. And I'm really looking forward to that game. Should be a cracker. Back in Braga. What a beautiful city. Plenty of history and tradition up here. A great place to spend the day, either on a day trip from Porto or on a bit of a mission to see the northern part of Portugal. And to understand Braga, you really need to understand the whole northern region of Portugal and, and Galicia and Spain. Because Christianity up here was huge and is huge. Particularly in Braga, there was a bishop here who had access to the Pope and the Vatican. At a time when the Pope was pretty much the boss of Europe and telling countries what they can and can't do. But today, it's all about football and Braga need to overturn a 2-0 deficit against Sheriff. They lost in Moldova despite having plenty of the ball. But Rodrigo Gomes, 18-year-old, if you remember, I talked a lot about him when he made his first start for the club here in that game against Pachos de Pereira. And he started every game since. Clearly, Cavalier rates him highly and he's trying to develop him. has hit the post in the seventh minute from distance 
that was close. It was a great chance for Sheriff. It was Momo Yensan and Edmund Addo. Great combination. They just carved Braga up through the middle. And Addo really should have done better. He's fired wide with the outside of his boot. Nil to Braga. 16th minute. It was Jan Kutu picked the ball up in a really dangerous position. He's played it through to Ricardo Horta. And he's cut the ball back towards the goal. And Yuri Medeiros on hand with a clever little flick. Sheriff gone really close there. It's Jan Sun. It was Kutu came across to make the challenge. Couldn't get it off him. And he was straight through one on one. But Mateus came out of his, off his line quickly and made a crucial save there. their level in the tie and what a great goal that was it's Vitinha out on the left wing and he's played the ball back into Medeiros who's just released Ricardo Horta and he was never going to miss from there so it's the same two players combining for both goals with about two minutes to go before half time 83rd minute. The game's really slowed down here. There's been a couple of injuries for some Sheriff players. But G. Mateos has looked strong today in goal for Braga. Made that great save early on. A one-on-one chance from Yansan. And everything that's come his way is dealt with it. As Vitinha breaks clear. Back. Oh! Ricardo Horta fires over the bar. Oh, it's Abel Ruiz as this game looks like it's going to extra time. Braga created the better chances in the second half. Ruiz with a really good chance just then. I've got to say, he hasn't really progressed as much as I hoped he would, Ruiz. I liked what I saw of him for those Spanish youth teams. Really doesn't seem to have much confidence when he gets in front of goal. That was a great chance for Braga and out of time. Fantastic move with Ricardo Horta releasing Abel Ruiz. Horta getting the ball back. The ball finding its way to Andre Castro, but Sheriff got back in numbers and had managed to block the shot. Half time and extra time. Braga pressing, but actually Sheriff having the best chance after Andre Castro gave the ball away cheaply. And it was Yak Shiboev breaking clear. And, uh, and firing wide. It's all happening. Ricardo Horta shot over the bar. And now Fallet with a shot deflected wide as the crowd starts to get into this. We've got about eight minutes to go. An extra time.
and it's going to be Sheriff, it looks like, to take the first penalty. Mateusz has had a really strong game. Saved everything that's come his way. And it's a centre-back. The captain, Gustavo Dolanto, to take this for Sheriff. Saved. Ricardo Horta steps up. Now it's Bruno who had that shot right before the end of the game. Oh. <laughs> He's trying to be cute. It's almost a panenka. And he's gone over the bar. The crowd here are bouncing. They're loving it. And now it's Al Musrati. Crowd will tell you all you need to know here. Unbelievable. It's another save from Mateusz. This time it's Stefan Radelic, another centre-back. I mean, some curious uh, penalty takers here, really. If you're two of your centre-backs are taking two of the first three penalties, I told you, Mateo, she's on fire. So Braga are going to go through here unless there's some divine intervention. But in this part of Portugal, I can't see that happening. Abel Ruiz steps up. That's about as bad as it gets. He was dancing on his way to the spot. And that's what I told you before. His confidence is just nil at the moment. I mean, he should have just put his foot through that and just slammed it into the net. And it would have been tie over. He would have been able to run around and celebrate. Instead, he's got his head in his hands. It's probably not going to matter. I mean, he's almost crying. That shows you where his head is at at the moment. So now it's Khalid Bassett, the substitute. He's doing a little dance. Well, it's a big dance. Straight down the middle. So now it looks like, looks like David Carmel. So he's going to have the chance to score the winning penalty here. Oh, wow. He smashed it, but... Athanasiadis has dived to his left and saved it. Wow. Unbelievable. The penalty shootout goes on. Sebastian Till making no mistake for Sheriff. So unless I'm mistaken, Braga can still win this game or win this tie. If they put this one home, it's going to be Francisco Mulder now. Left back. Surely they can't miss three in a row. Come on, Francisco. Put it home, son. Bury it. Crush it into the net. Braga doing it the hard way here, but they're through. 
great to see. I'm in the middle.